0: Welcome to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Solace, and with me, as always, is my very, very good friend who I still think is a national treasure.
1: Oh my gosh. I know. It's so nice. I know.
0: Should um, we have you minted? <laughs> I don't really know what that means.
1: I'm not not sweeping up after this. That's what you're trying to like butter me
0: up or something. (laughs) Maybe just the dishes? No. (laughs) Have you seen this mess? (laughs) Yeah, that's why I asked. No. (laughs) So, Gina, um, have you ever been to the George Washington uh, Masonic Temple?
1: I've driven by it and been stuck in traffic around it.
0: Yeah, it is get a little tied up there. Well, it's a national uh, memorial. And I have a little bit of uh, little bit of info that I want My to share with you. My brother was a
1: mason. Does that count?
0: So he's a traveling man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say. They call themselves traveling men. Um, oh, now I have a whole new joke to call him. I'm like, so you
1: consider yourself a traveler? Yeah, you a traveling man. Okay.
0: So here I got a little bit of info on this mysterious temple. So apparently the Freemasons built this very impressive 10-story shrine to resemble one of the ancient seven wonders of the world the Alexandria Lighthouse in Egypt. Hmm. And according to my research, <laughs> the Freemasons wanted this memorial to remind people that George Washington was more than just our first president. He was also the first worship master of his Masonic Lodge. So it says research. And according to them, they wanted to make sure that we all felt that George was the guiding light of the American Republic. Hmm. Not to be confused with your soap opera, Guiding Light, just so you know.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know about that.
0: Okay, so since you've not been inside, let me tell you what you could expect. It's rather impressive, apparently. Are women allowed to join the the, Via Freemason yet? I think there's a special sector for those without... Uh, or with vaginas, but I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think there's a special right, sector for them, now. but full fledged, I don't believe so. But anyway, they built this beautiful them. monument, mm-hmm. and inside are scattered throughout the museum, or scattered throughout the museum, you'll find some rather unique and I'm going to say a bit odd artifacts, such as Washington's death clock. So at the time of death, they literally cut the cord <laughs> um, of the clock so it stops at the time of death. Was there electricity when he died? No, it's not electricity, not that type, but like, you know, the, the bands that make the clock tick, they cut that so that it doesn't, it no longer, the hands ah, will no longer move. Okay. So the hands are frozen at the time of death. Oh,
1: okay. Yes. So a death clock, yeah. yes.
0: Um, you'll also find, which I think is kind of odd, a large motorized miniature Shriner parade. I, I think they're like the little Tinker Animatons, like yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, and then this one really got me an ornate replica. Of the Ark of the Covenant, and it's set inside of a fake a fake treasure room. For me, that like just like sounds like you know a bad national treasure. Do you want to know what this movie? sounds like to
1: me? A bunch of guys to want to <laughs> hang out with their without their wives <laughs> to get hammered. Yeah, that's they worship a yeah, yeah, hammer. There, yeah, right? exactly. And they got super fucked up, and they're like, let's just do all this weird shit, and then one day we'll die, and everyone will laugh about it, and now people have it as a thing. That's my take. Well, they were all part of like a guild. Yeah. They're all artisans. Yeah, yeah.
0: And this, this monument is part of Old Town Alexandria.
1: All right, well, I find all of this to be interesting. Bring on the guests. I will. So, Are they, are they from the Freemasons? They are not. Oh. But
0: they are from Old are Town. Are they men? Aldi.
1: They are not. But oh. they are
0: from Old Town Alexandria. All right, well, now I like it. All right, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> they are the co-founders of Made in ALX. What is that, you ask me? It is a blossoming artist collective all artists coming from the Alexandria area.
1: Oh. See? And they're moving into the Masonic Temple as their store? They
0: are. No. Yes. But they are here today as our designated drinkers. It <laughs> took us forever, but it's Lori Burke and Beth Lawton, the co-founders. Welcome to the show, ladies.
1: Hey, Louise. Hey ladies. Hey.
0: That was a long, long journey
1: to get to you. I'm sorry. Do you have any affiliation with the Freemason stuff?
2: <laughs> I... My ex husband was a mason, so I could give you scads of things about them. (laughs) Um,
1: Did he also worship a hammer? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. (laughs) Not so much. (laughs) I have a lot of questions for my brother in law now, all about him. So, what's the Tinker Toys about? (laughs) I really
0: want to know the Ark of the Covenant remake, the replica.
1: I, I really thought they were going in there and they were opening a shop. I was like, no, ready it's just for that. i
0: from Old Town, Alexandria, You know how my brain works. Okay, tell
3: us what is Made yes. in ALX? Please tell us. So, Made in ALX is a collective of more than three dozen different um, people who make things, right? They're not all artists. We have people who make hot sauce, and we have beekeepers who do local honey. We have people who do apparel and jewelry and yes art. Um we have someone who makes crayons. Um, so a really oh. wide variety of creative people um who make things to sell. Um, and the they come from all over the Alexandria area. If you have an Alexandria address you could qualify to join the Maiden ALX collective. Um, We have people from, obviously, Old Town, but also uh, the West End. We have someone from the Franconia area, a couple from Delray, a couple from Old Town North. So it's a pretty good, interesting representation of some of the creativity going on in Alexandria right now.
1: That's Well, first of all, it's shopping. So I'm already in. It is shopping. So so I'm I'm already all set. I'm like, oh, is this like chartreuse in Frederick. Okay, great. I'm into it. That's awesome. So tell
0: us, um, what inspired this for you?
2: I'll start with that. Along about like 2018, I was starting to get super serious about, um, how I was sourcing my food. Um, I was belonged to a CSA, so I was getting fresh produce and, um, farm raised chickens and eggs and stuff like that. And I realized that, um, with the amount of Amazon boxes that were coming in and out of my house every day, I wasn't kind of living that all the time. And I was like, I didn't have an easy way to find all these people that were making the things that I might buy off Amazon, like a cool pair of funky earrings or anything. Um, I could go to Etsy and I could shop, but that didn't guarantee me that I was going to support local. So um, I started the journey of saying, Hey, this is, I think I can do a hyper local Etsy type thing and uh, help out the artists get found locally. And um, I registered the domain name. Um, I got a new job at the same time. So it kind of sat there <laughs> for a little bit um, until Beth and I connected at ALX community, the co-working space in old town. And she's like, Hey, you know tech. Do you know how to build an online store? Because I want to do that just for Alexandria people. And I said, funny. I registered this cool domain name last year. We should do something with that.
3: So actually um we were we had both been working in ALX community and didn't really know each other outside of passing. Um But at the same time that Lori was on her local shopping journey, I was uh, working on the launch of Alexandria Living Magazine. And so in the middle of 2018, we were tweaking our business plan right right before we launched the print edition. (laughs) Great time to tweak your business plan. But one of the things we noticed was that other regional magazines had kind of local e-commerce from creative people in the community. So like the Virginia Living Magazine has the Virginia Living Store. Um, So I called the Virginia Living Store people and said, hey, how did you do this? What's the story behind this? And it was at that point that I knew Lori had a lot of e-commerce experience. And in, I think it was August or so of 2018, I went to her and said, hey, what do you know about e-commerce and setting up a store? And as Lori said... (laughs) hey I have this domain so it was kind of serendipitous there but definitely that ALX community connection that that led to this that we eventually launched about a year ago so it was a, we yeah. launched it in uh, October of 2020
0: oh yeah but one always does launches things in the middle of a pandemic
3: <laughs> I mean I feel like an online
1: like artisan shopping must have done well though right yeah I think it's brilliant I mean did you did you do well
2: the um, well, the pandemic was actually the perfect impetus for it because all of these crafters and makers no longer had um, maker fairs that they could go to and sell their stuff.
1: I mean, it's smart.
2: so you know, all public gatherings were like shut, shut down, so they're all sitting here going, I am desperate to sell stuff. Um, I only have so many outlets. Yeah. Um, so, the first um, holiday season when we opened in. I can't remember the exact day we launched it, but it was late October. And um, through Christmas, I think, Beth, I think the numbers were, we we did $12,000 worth of sales really quickly. Wow. For these makers. Oh. Yep. That's awesome. Those are
1: expensive crayons, ladies. I mean, <laughs> I buy my kids crayons. That's
2: a whole lot of crayons. I mean, I that's an exclusive blue right there. I'm just kidding. Wow. Prussian. it was what it was was a whole lot of candles. They were very popular last year. you know, honestly, I have to say,
1: and it's gonna sound so, so silly, I buy my best my best candle. Like, I used to be a um a big fan of like the big candle stores like Yankees and all that stuff. And then um I, I met this woman who makes her own um candles, and they're so much better and they smell so good. And, like, she has, like, a unique flavor is, like, um, I don't even know. I think my new favorite one was a, it was, a, it was a tangerine coconut this summer. Nice. And I was, like, obsessed with her. She's in Frederick County. I live in a, on a farm now in Frederick from D.C., right? What a move. And um, <laughs> I give it I, – I have to tell you, finding, finding all the people that do all the making of these things more locally, I feel like is so – first of all, it's special, but more importantly, it's important because – you will lose, you'll lose that neighborhood, that neighborhood, that in regional, uh, that, you know, community wears. Yeah. And as, and you're right, I, first of all, I'm guilty. I love Amazon. i I literally hate buying, I hate buying like detergent and stuff <laughs> and carrying it from the grocery store. So now I just put it on my auto thing, but I think you're right. I think You do need to support the local commerce and stop buying that shit on, like, from, you know, somewhere else.
0: You know, it's um, interesting with the... I don't want to be rude, but somewhere else. No, in in the pandemic, uh, during, at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, I did a lot of autofill, especially my dog food, because it was, Mm. it's easier and it's heavy and whatnot. But I always would go to my local pet store to buy everything else. Yeah. And then I realized, well, this really, it doesn't really put me out. We have to drive down. You know, five blocks actually drive, not walk yeah. to carry. You know, when you have three dogs, you buy you buy large bags of dog food. Let me tell you. Um, but then I could easily support that local business with something that I have to buy. Yep. And it was really the the ask of me as a resident in my neighborhood was simply to drive my car
1: and yeah, and i feel like that's amazing. Mm-hmm.
0: and if i can help one small business stay, uh, stay if i can just contribute positively to my neighborhood by helping that small business, then i feel at least, you know, and it's something i need. it's something i have to have. so it's essentials. You,
1: yeah. i is that, i mean like so give so give us a i love this is what i love to know. i always want to know this. when you're curating a market, right? like such as yourself online or in person. you know, like you must see a lot of stuff. Like you don't just go like people, how do you, how do you, and this is, I And mean, you don't have to answer this question, but I want you to. Like when, when is it too weird? When do you say, mm,
3: maybe that's not for us? Uh, we, we did have one person contact us uh, over the summer who was making holiday ornaments um, that were honestly a little bit creepy. Um, he was just, Prototyping them, he wasn't. He wasn't launched. He wasn't ready. He was just kind of asking people what they thought of it. Um, and we haven't heard from him again. I think he's still kind of working on figuring out how to produce more than just one-off yeah. um, of these. But we, um, but you know, it's what's the saying? There's some saying that you know, one man's something is another man's something else. Yeah, treasure. I mean, like one yeah. man's trash is another, another yeah. man's treasure. Right? Yeah. So, There are, I mean, there are pieces of art out there that I look at them and I'm like, I don't get it. And it's it's kind of ugly, but it's worth millions and millions of dollars because other people see something that I don't. So, you know, it it is hard to judge, (laughs) you know. Um, It's hard to figure out sometimes what people are going to want or not want or think of you know, different things. I always
1: like, I always wonder sometimes you walk into these like, um, you know, holiday markets or whatever. And I'm definitely a consumer. I'm not there for anything else. And I know when I'm going to a market or I'm driving to, I don't know, Berryville or Luckett. I don't know where I'm going, right? So wherever. I know I'm particularly going to buy something, right? Yep. Sometimes you go and you're like, what What were you thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just... And I'm not saying that like there's not maybe a need or whatever. I just like I just wonder like what the what the curation process looks like for that because when you're like putting together like a brick and mortar store, yep. you know it's this very simple. It's very interesting way of putting it together. You're either going to be you know tactile focused or color focused or the there's palette a strategy to it, right? There's a palette how it's going to look, right? But when you have a maker's market, you're kind of like Really more buying and I, maybe I'm wrong, you're you're really into the individual. I, I feel like the individual is the selling point and then what their wear is is their wear. Could be. Is that is that
2: kind of how it works? We've actually taken a little bit of a different tact because um so tell, tell us. Usually if you go to a maker fair, you're gonna see individuals with stands, right? And they're each hawking their own goods. Um hawking is probably not the right word to say. Um but that's what they're there to do. Um, our collective, our group of, of, um, artisans, they work together to sell each other's things. So our first pop-up, um, Beth actually hit me up. Like I think the week before Christmas and said, Hey, I think we should do a (laughs) pop-up until Christmas. And I'm like, okay. And so we stood it up in like two days. Good Lord. (laughs) Um, but they were i had I had a candle maker standing in front of a table of candles. Some of them were hers. Some of them were not hers. Um, I had a um, a lady that makes holistic human grade dog supplements, and she was manning the table of all the pet um, all the pet things, whether it was um, themed t-shirts or leashes or cute bags with with dogs all over them.
3: I would love that bag. But, yeah. <laughs> and to that point, we are, we have done several small pop-ups that are just a day here or a farmer's market there. Um, so we've done several small ones. This is the first time that opening November 5th will be opening a more permanent retail space. We're doing this pop-up shop at one whale's alley, which is right next to virtue feed and grain for two months, so through the entire holiday season.
0: For those who don't know, that is right off King Street in Union, right right next to the water, correct?
1: Yep. In Alexandria, Virginia. Yes, in old town Alexandria, Virginia. Yeah, you have to say where you are. Yes. We're not in like Alexandria, Greece. Okay, <laughs> move <come> on. If <laughs> only.
3: If, <laughs> or Egypt. Yes. Um, yes. But, you know, in a situation like that, most of the people who are in our collective have day jobs, right? They're government contractors. They're you know, teachers, they're doing other things. They can't man their own table for two months. It's just unrealistic. So we are creating more of a retail store. We're going to have a pets section. We're going to have a candles section. We're going to have a food-related section um, where makers can kind of showcase their own wares. And we will have little cards saying this came from this maker and you can get to know them. We're going to have events, so but but it is going to be a little bit more of a retail experience as opposed to more of the flea market setup.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I think the cool thing is you're kind of when we, we were speaking earlier, you were telling me it's kind of like breaking down those barriers, allowing people who like to your point, have, this is their side hustle, may not be able to dedicate that much time or even have enough product to be even constitute like doing something all on their own and or to be at that farmers market or whatnot, the cost barrier by doing it with multiples, it just opens the door for more people, which I think is awesome. It's
1: awesome. Yeah, I like that. So I will be coming. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Obviously. We can, we, but, but, we can I mean, walk I, down with our flask. But I'm crossing the river, so I'm coming. So. Oh, my goodness. I mean, oh, my goodness. That,
0: that's a big deal when she crosses the river. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I crossed the Potomac. That's why I moved to Maryland, so I didn't have to cross the Potomac. Isn't that sad? <laughs> um I'm such, I'm such a weirdo. Uh, you are a weirdo. Um, but I love you. On that note, ladies, let's have a cocktail. Let's do it. But now I am making it in Virginia, so that's okay, right? You are. You are. All right. Just I'm- so that everyone
0: knows, we had a little, uh, a little shift change at the last minute. And we're recording right out of my home today.
1: <laughs> well, I know it's fun. All right. So first of all, do you have any makers of something that does like um, pumpkin butter or anything like that?
3: The closest we have is our honey makers. Um, there's a family in the west end of Alexandria City and you drive up to their suburban home on a cul-de-sac, you would have no idea that they have this mass of beehives in their backyard, and they're, they're doing local honey, which is very cool. Um, one of the other things we have is um, hatch skills. Uh, Maritza is a maker of things like... Um, wine openers and bottle stoppers and that sort of thing. They're acrylic hand they're really unique acrylic colorful handles on you know pretty high-end barware. Um so that's one of the things that we have that's a little bit cocktail related. Um and then we have also kind of in the food category we do have a hot sauce maker as well which is super fun. I actually gave my husband a a four pack of their hot sauces as kind of a stocking stuffer last year. Um, So kind of, again, in that warm food category. I love that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So we have a, we have a wide, we have more than three dozen makers in the collective and more than 25 of them are going to have items at the pop-up shop this November and December. So that's going to be a pretty wide variety of fun stuff. The
1: um, honey people should put the bees' knees recipe out with their drinks. So, with with (laughs) their honey. So that way, when people are looking for a gift to be like, oh, you can give them this and the recipe card. That's a good idea. Um, Speaking of recipes, we're going to make a a tequila pumpkin, apple cider, a little bit of ground cardamom, cinnamon, and um, lemon. So, it's kind of for me, you know, like a really like, Collins-y kind of drink. If you're feeling a little randy, you can put an egg white in here. Um, I'm gonna do one thing that I never do, but I only do it this time of year because I find that it's, I go through a lot of it at work and um, we make pumpkin syrup at my restaurants, but I only make this drink very, very rarely. So I tell everybody, if you're doing this at home and you're not gonna use a thousand pumpkins, just buy the pumpkin pie mix. Buy whatever brand you like, buy a local one, buy one in a can. I bought the one in the can because it's available everywhere pretty much in the world. Nestle makes it. You can buy it in Switzerland. Okay, there you
3: go. So I I actually had a recipe question um, because I was sitting, I was standing at Giant at Alexandria Commons Yep. and there is the 100% pumpkin and then there is yep. the canned pumpkin pie mix that already has the yep. spices in it. Yep. I got the pumpkin pie mix. What's yep, that's right amusing. To yeah. Perfect, perfect.
1: Pumpkin pie mix. That's why I said you can put an egg white in this and make this a thicker drink if you want to. If you have canned pumpkin straight without the sugar added, you will need to add um, a half an ounce of simple syrup. And I will asterisk this recipe at show. So don't worry if you're missing anything. Just listen to the episode and enjoy. All right. So I am making two cocktails, so I'm going to add um, two tablespoons or two bar spoons of mix and heaping, okay? Um, And then you're going to add in there um, your apple cider. And again, I'm making two cocktails, so it's two ounces. And then we're going to add one ounce of lemon juice. And you're adding the lemon juice for like a nice, like, you know, tangy flavor. Oranges would be nice in here, but you still need a little bit of zip in the citrus. So we're adding our lemon juice. And don't be afraid when you see this cocktail and you're like, it's really thick. It's supposed to be really thick. It's the winter. <laughs> so <laughs> you're going to put that in there. It's t- just the season. Um, and then we're going to add a pinch of ground cardamom. And we are going to add some cinnamon, which I don't have any pin- uh, brown cinnamon. I'm going to have to um, scrape a fresh one in there. So excuse my. So that would be a pinch as well? It's a pinch. It's a pinch and a (laughs) pinch. But it's a pain (laughs) in the butt when you have to, like, do the fresh uh, cinnamon. Anyway, so now you're going to take a spoon. And before you shake this cocktail, you are going to stir this really for two seconds or so. Because once you add your ice in here, it's a pro tip. Once you add your ice in here um, and your tequila, it's going to coagulate. I practice saying that word, everybody, coagulate. Because I'm from New York, so I would say, you know, it's going to congeal. It's not going to congeal. It's going to coagulate. All right, so we're going to add a tequila. We're adding two ounces of a nice premium tequila. You don't like tequila? No problem. Add rum. You hate rum and you hate everything I'm saying, and you want to keep this non-alcoholic for you and your kitties. Put egg white in here, shake it up, and add some seltzer water, and you have a beautiful... Egg cream cocktail. Um, so I'm dry shaking this for a second, and I don't believe that was in your note. And then we're gonna add the ice, and then we're gonna get we're gonna get frothy with it. So this cocktail we're gonna serve up. The final product is gonna be served up, and you can use that in a in a rocks glass, or whatever. You're just not gonna add additional ice to it. It doesn't need it. So here we go. All right, if you did everything right, and hopefully I did, otherwise I will be the worst um, host of a show that does cocktails, um, you're going to take your drink, and we're going to double strain it. You don't have a double strainer? That is not a problem. Don't worry. It will just be um, a little bit thicker, so no big deal. So we're going to take that. And, hey, Gina.
2: Yes. What's the difference um, that it might provide to the the drink if you use, like, a silver or a clear tequila versus one of the darker ones.
1: Um uh, just not quite as as, as uh, smoky. Just a little bit different. And rum is lovely in this drink too. I mean, you had rum and a little bit of egg white and like a drop of cream. I mean, really it's a pumpkin pie in a glass for sure. So, um the reason why I'm double straining is cuz I just want it to be nice and um silky. Okay. So, finally, 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 finally. Um Now, no garnish on this drink, right? Except if you happen to have a star anise, and maybe you do, and maybe you don't. I just—I love these little guys. I love everything about these little star anise guys. They're so cute, Um, and I just put them on anything that's seasonal, really. Um, Also, here's a little—a little um, make your house smell really good kind of trick. Um, Just take the star anise and put them by like wherever your heat source is, or throw them in your fireplace. Instead of like, you know, the traditional pine, it's so good. Even if you have a gas fireplace, you can throw it in there where those little crystal things are. So. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers. ladies. Let's see. Cheers. Nice.
0: Nice. That is pumpkin pie in a glass. Easy. It is nice. But
3: not sugary. Very full. Oh, yes. Autumn, cool weather, you know.
0: Yes, it's very much a fall drink. Um, to that point, yes. when she asked about, uh, when Lori asked about the difference between the cl- like silver versus uh, uh, an aged tequila.
1: So aged tequilas will give you a little bit more um, body to the drink. Um, a silver tequila is really nice when you want like something like really poppy. This is a little deep, right? So your first initial, if you haven't, you know, gotten into squash cocktails or that kind of flavor profile, you know, it's gonna take you off a, a little bit. You're gonna be like, oh, that's surprising uh texture in your mouth. However, once you go back for the next one now that your palate's ready for it, you'll start tasting the tequila and the cinnamon and the um, cardamom in your drink. And it's no longer this like thick thing. Does yep. that make sense? Yep. But again, this is a really it's a nice Either beginning or end of the meal kind of um, drink. It's also really fun to do for like your friends and, you know, if you're entertaining or, you know, we have it at our restaurant. So of course you can come and like, you know, buy one, but you can also make this at home. You know, I know this may sound crazy, but it
0: might be fun if it were frozen because it almost tastes like a pumpkin pie ice cream.
1: What? Oh, there you go. Um, well, is the weather that we've been getting and we have 90 degree weekends again, I will make frozen pumpkin drinks. There you go. All right. That's awesome. So where are they going to go get this recipe? You're going to go to show for the tips, tricks, how-tos, where to find um, the, um, I was going to say ATL. Say it again. What's that? Made in ALX. Made in ALX um, market, as well as their pop-up that pop-up almost permanent shop
3: um, coming up in the next two months when is your launch date we are planning an opening party for November 5
0: oh, Right so around the we corner.
3: have uh, Killa Cakes is coming out Bria will be there and we'll have a sale and you can meet a whole bunch of the makers so we're really looking forward to it
0: that's awesome and if you can't make it to Gina's point if you can't make it to the actual physical market you guys are online right
3: Yep, at madeinalx.com. dot com, and yep. we we have more than five hundred items on the website, all from people here in Alexandria. So it's wow. really it's pretty cool. That's awesome. We even have books. Oh.
2: <laughs> Those are heavy.
3: Believe it or not, we have books too. <laughs> it's
0: awesome. And so if and if you um, if you didn't catch that address, don't worry. You can just go to show. We're going to make sure that that link is there as well in the uh, episode notes. All you have to do is scroll up on your smartphone while you're listening to us, and we'll have those links that you can get right to it. Made in ALX. No. Oh, the other cool thing, which I want to make sure everyone knows, because I was telling them, I love, you know, I love buying like local and I love buying gifts that like, you know, have greater meaning. But then I suck at mailing them. I absolutely suck at mailing them. I buy them and I end up sending them like in February. They ship them. They ship them.
1: Uh, Like gift wrapped or with a card? Like what's the deal?
3: So we do shipping uh, nationwide. And we can do, um, we do put a card in there. We can put a gift note in there and everything in the box. Um, We also do local courier delivery locally here in Alexandria. So if you aren't going to get over to your friend's house or whatever, we can do that as well. And on December 11, we are doing a fundraiser for the food bank at Alive. And we will be doing free gift wrapping people you can bring things even if you didn't buy them from us and uh, with a donation to the food bank at alive we will gift wrap all your presents so if you hate dealing with wrapping paper and tape and all of that we will take care of it for you that's awesome that's a
1: thousand dollar donation i would never <laughs> i'd be like someone, someone brought me 25 things like i'm gonna give a dollar i'd be like oh I will kill you. (laughs) You better have a a couple of zeros on the end of that. I'm going to put this tape on your pubics. Yeah. yeah, Get that. (laughs) That is really, I mean, actually, you know what? The gift wrapping thing alone is worth all the money. I hate gift wrapping. Oh, I love
0: it. you need volunteers to wrap, I'm your gal. I love it. Make her do it. I'll bring all
1: my kids stuff. I'm going to, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I'm into that. We will put you on
0: the list. Done. (laughs) Just bring me some wine and bring me the gifts. I'll have a good time. They'll be beautiful in the end. I
1: hope. All right. All right. Last question. This is how we know if you listen to the podcast or not. Here we go. Okay. So in this day and age, everybody identifies themselves with some sort of spirit animal or mythical creature. And they're like, you know, I really identify myself with um, a labradoodle because I am loyal and curly haired and I just love everybody. Right. If you could identify yourself with one spirit ingredient, whether it's for food or for beverage, what would it be and why? Okay. Stump. <laughs> yes. <laughs> crickets. I hear First crickets.
0: First thing that comes to
1: your head. Butter. Yes.
0: Give me why. Tell me about the butter.
2: Because A, everything needs butter. Everything's better with butter. Yes. And, you know, everybody needs a little fat in their life. <laughs> <laughs> Lori, I love it.
3: So- I was I was going to say pizza okay, which is great. I mean not an ingredient but kind of, you know, the food group um,
0: a food group. Pizza is an entire food group for you.
3: <laughs> it is it is well, you know, you can dress it up, you can dress it down, you can make it a little bit healthier a little bit less healthy. I'm really into variety and options. Um so I I thought of pizza maybe I'm just hungry right now I
1: don't know <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer also pizza can be a bread if you take the pizza cut in half and put it in a panini press, and you go. put something in between it it's pretty good mm-hmm. that's 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 my fat kid trip no, I was kidding. <laughs> um my husband's is doing is starting a pizza concept so we've done everything you could do with pizza in the last uh year at being at home and I've given all of it and 50 pounds so here we go <laughs> So pizza I will attest is good ladies it has been a pleasure All right. I cannot wait to
2: see you on
0: the
1: 5th.
2: Thank you. Yes. (laughs)
1: Thank
2: you guys so much. (laughs) Have a
0: great day, ladies. Thanks. Here's to your... uh, your, Cheers, your success. Yes, your success. Cheers. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company that is dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers Bobby and Mike Carducci. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows. Your review helps our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.